Welcome in episode 78 of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and YouTube show. This is our second time ever doing the YouTube show live. And now some people doubted us that Monday we were live. We're going to prove it to you this week because at the end of the show in our C block, our third segment, we're going to read some of your live questions from the chat. So we're we are doing this live, so we might have some technical difficulties. I doubt it, though. That's Demonze. If you're new to the chat as or new to the show, I should say, as the show continues to grow, Demonze is my son. He's also my co-host. He's also turning himself into a problem gambler. We d- will discuss that on tomorrow's Week 5 NFL Gambling Show, which will not be live because we will record that later today. But we have a ton to do today. Draymond's punching people. LeBron's trying to buy teams. We have week five in the NFL. But before we get to any of that, remember, please like, rate, subscribe. I don't really even care about the rating and uh, the liking. Just subscribe to us on YouTube if you can and on your podcast platforms. Before we get to any of that, however, we must discuss what we are not discussing. Here's what did not make the cut for today's show. We will not be discussing Zion and Ben Simmons making their preseason debuts. You know my rule about preseason basketball. It does not matter at all unless, of course, LeBron scores 23 and a half, in which case we'll discuss it. Zion, however, I think it's going to be an all-NBA player this year. Blake Bortles quietly retiring. Underrated moment in NFL history. The Jags kicking the Patriots' teeth in in the AFC Championship game five years ago. Miles Jack, there is a fumble. Miles Jack scoop and score. The refs blow it dead. If that doesn't happen, Blake Bortles and that Jags team, Jalen Ramsey, Clayus Campbell, they go to the Super Bowl. Instead, the Patriots go. They, of course, actually lose to Nick Foles that year. And would I sell ball number 62 for $2 million? You bet your ass I would. <laughs> and I've said this before. I will say it again. If you catch a valuable souvenir, put it up for auction. As long as you don't say one of the rules of the auction is Aaron Judge is not allowed to buy it. If he wants it, he'll get it. If the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame wants it, they'll get it. So, of course, I would. Okay. All right, Demonze, what are we starting with today? The most interesting game this Sunday has got to be Bengals-Ravens. Yeah. Joe Burrow's looked better the last couple of games and has only been sacked three times. Mm -hmm. But Lamar looks as good as he's ever been. Mm -hmm. Which of these teams is more likely to win win this game in the AFC North? Okay. First of all, let me just promise the audience something. I the I know people are probably like, Nick, what do you we gotta get your take on what Draymond did? We have a whole segment built around that. That's why we're not starting with that. But the very short version of that is uh, even though Michael Jordan did it, probably shouldn't punch your teammates in the face. I know I understand everything Michael Jordan did. It's like, oh well, Jordan did it. Yeah. Must be good. Actually, not good. No matter how annoying Jordan Poole is. More on the Draymond stuff in a moment. Now. The Ravens are the best team in the AFC North, but they're banged up. And right now I do worry a bit about a bit of a, call it an emotional hangover after last week's game, the way they lost. The Ravens also, they're two and two. And in both of their losses, they've been up 17 points in both of those games. The Bengals, on the other hand, are better both these teams in my opinion are better than their two and two record suggests okay. the Bengals are also coming off the rest and the long break because they played this past thursday going into the year i said the ravens win the division the Bengals are a wild card team i i will stick with and i believe both of those takes to still be true we'll talk about this game somewhat in the gambling show at at mo- at this moment it's ravens minus three I think that's the right side. I think the Ravens win a close game. Okay. Uh, I would not be shocked at all if the Bengals win this game. I think the Bengals could get on a bit of a run, but I think the smart money is Ravens by a field goal. And on the Lamar front, I don't feel like, and I've talked about this before, I don't feel like anyone talks about Lamar Jackson honestly, or very rarely. And I think that Lamar, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I actually think here. This is not really the answer to the question, but I haven't said this on the TV show. I can say it here because I think we have a little more space for it. I think because Lamar got so much criticism 
before the draft and during the draft and early in his career that was clearly racially tinged, if not outright racist, that people now are at times hesitant to criticize him because they don't want to align themselves at all with some of the worst people in the world who are the most adamant Lamar Jackson stinks, folks. And because of that, folks, to me, they made this past weekend's Baltimore game all about Harbaugh's call at at the end of the game or about the Bills' comeback as opposed to the fact that Lamar, who had been the MVP of the league through three weeks, played terribly in the second half of that game. Right. They went three and out, five and out, drive in an interception, drive in an interception. And Harbaugh's call would not be nearly as controversial of a call if Lamar had just thrown an incompletion there, forget score a touchdown, and then the Bills have the ball in their own two-yard line and got to go the length of the field. So Lamar is not Lamar is the most unique player, one of the most unique players in NFL history, but he's not a perfect player. And he is not a player that that it, you should be above criticism. And he did not play well in the last moments of that the second half of that Bills game. I do think they'll bounce back. I do think they're the best team in the division. I also, though, if you remember going into the year, I had them as one of the favorites for the one seed. Hard to be the one seed when you've given two games away. The Ravens, I think, in their history of, as a franchise, prior to two weeks ago, had law, had blown three 17-point second-half leads. They've now blown two in their last three games. All right, next. On TV, you said that the Packers were one piece away from contending. Yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show. McAfee? McAfee, sorry. It said that McAfee he McAfee won- actually is... It's the, another guy that's uh, yeah, Christian, the, the, not the, Christian McAfee. No, that's Christian McCaffrey. But McAfee is the virus protection for your computers, spelled the same way. Fun fact. But that's Pat McAfee. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, he went went on there and said he wanted to play with Odell. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said it's clear that he doesn't trust his rookie receivers yet. Yeah. Should they sign Odell? And doesn't it seem kind of strange, you know, Aaron Rodgers throwing his teammates under the bus? Well, I thought, listen, I do think they should sign Odell. I think that there was a, during the Monday night game, Buck and Aikman were like, oh, the Rams, they've kept Odell's locker for him, and they're waiting for him to come back, and they want him to come back. Right. It's The Rams saying they want Odell strikes me as a little disingenuous. Here's why. Not because they don't want him. I'm sure they do. But there is no rule that says Odell has to be healthy and ready to play before you sign him. I understand why every other team in the league would say, listen, if you're not going to be ready until November, we're not going to. We're not going to start paying you. Right. Now, Odell was one of the critical reasons the Rams won a Super Bowl last year. They're claiming they want him. So this offseason, knowing that he's going to miss the first couple months, sign him to one year, eight million bucks and be like, hey, like Shaq's talked about, got injured on company time, rehab on company time. We've got you. So if I'm Odell, and I haven't talked to Odell about this, but if I am Odell, it's left a little sour taste in my mouth. Like, you guys keep telling everyone you want me. You could have signed me. Right. And I could be getting paid right now. You could be rehabbing with you guys. Like, so I don't think he's going back to the Rams. The Packers obviously need a receiver. I don't think Odell loves the cold, but I do think he loves playing in huge games. Right. And I think he enjoyed playing with a good quarterback last year in Stafford. Rodgers would be a great quarterback. I think it's a great fit. I also think Baltimore should quietly of Pound course. pavement yeah. on Odell. Uh, they they could use another receiver. Now, Would there's a lot of blocking involved for the receivers there, but he could be super helpful for them. What do you think that does for the Ravens if they add Odell? Are they a Super Bowl team? Well, I think they're already potentially a Super Bowl team if they get healthy on defense, but I think it makes them so much harder to guard. Okay. Uh, and he would be the best receiver Lamar's ever had by a, lo- by a mile. Right. I, I, I'm not as big of a Hollywood Brown guy as some people are, and they obviously don't have Hollywood Brown anymore. All right, now on Rodgers. Rodgers said, you know, was honest that he's not, doesn't fully trust his rookie receivers, but he also said something more interesting to me, which was that his rookie receivers, the progression of those receivers 
was going to have a big impact on whether or not he came back to the team next year. I really don't like that. I really don't like Rodgers. Two years ago, he's all angry they draft Jordan Love. I supported him. It's like, maybe I'll go do Jeopardy. Maybe I'll do this. Whatever. Last year, there was talks about, are they going to trade him? It's why the Broncos signed Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach because they thought Rodgers was going to then say, I want to go to Denver. Right. He then signs for $150 million, which is one of the reasons the team Can't did get not, any good wide receivers. Well, Can't didn't feel that it could keep Devontae Adams. Right. And so to do all that and then to put on these young guys, well, yeah. it's going to be on you whether I come back. I just don't like it. Yeah. Now you can say he's trying to put positive pressure on them, but the body language, the actions in the game, the fact that Christian Watson hasn't really been a part of the offense aside from getting jet sweeps and handoffs, I don't like it. I just think for the best players in the league, and Rodgers is the two-time defending league MVP, who's damn near 40, there should be more of a the personal accountability yeah. rather than pushing it off it on others. More like LeBron. And, well, I mean, all athletes should, if we're being honest. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I just, I haven't heard Mahomes say word one about adding more pressure to Juju or MVS or Sky Moore. And I understand Mahomes still has Kelsey, but. I just, I just don't, I, I, I don't, I think Roger's general disposition on this stuff is trying to shirk responsibility. Right. When you just got three years, 150, 100 plus of it get fully guaranteed, you, you're the guy that's supposed to be fixing things. All right, next. Uh, the Rams have shocked everyone with their crappy play. Yeah. Their offense has not looked the same since Odell's gone. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jared Goff is tied for the league at league lead in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman tweeted out, cannot tell me Stafford is playing better than Goff right now. If you're a numbers guy, go and check it out. Mm-hmm. And Staff- Stafford's obviously been dealing with his little elbow injury. Mm-hmm. Would the Rams be better off with Goff? No, they wouldn't be better off with Goff. Goff's not, Goff is playing well, and I give him credit. Right. And the Lions offense has been exciting. I understand all that. But no, they would not be better off with Goff. But I wanted to talk about this because of Sherman's tweet. Because Richard Sherman, in a lot of ways, uh, has a lot of similarities in his playing career and then media career to our buddy Draymond, who we're going to get to later in this show, and this new media, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think a lot of these, so, some of these guys, athletes turned media members, need to recognize that they are falling victim to and doing quite often what they hated the most when the media did. So Sherman has been adamant that Stafford's not very good. And Sherman is now, I think, being intellectually dishonest and playing favorites because he's entrenched in the opinion from before last year that Stafford was not going to be anything significant for the Rams. And then Stafford won a Super Bowl and he doesn't want to budge an inch, which again, I kind of respect as a media guy, but I know it's the exact thing Sherm criticized the, the, the old media for doing. But the real reason I want to talk about Sherman's tweet was because I saw Richard Sherman on the Amazon broadcast on Thursday night football. And more power to him, except for the fact that Richard Sherman was, I think, the single most vocal critic of Thursday Night Football existing, that it puts the players at more risk, that it's all a money grab, all of this. And he was called out on that hypocrisy, and his answer was, well, they're going to play the games no matter who's broadcasting them. It's just the, it's nonsense. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I, I've talked when it came to the live golf thing, you know, that I'm not sure there's, you know, it's very difficult to be a 
purely, you know, a morally pure capitalist. I'm not getting into uh, a lot of those waters because I think I will come out cross as a hypocrite on some of it. So I stay out of it. But it is incredible. And I, so I, the, you know, I maybe have had issues. I maybe agree with Sherm on some of the stuff on Thursday Night Football. I obviously prop it off football. I get all that. But it is unbelievable to me how often Draymond, and we'll get to him soon, and Richard, who again, a lot of uh, things about both of those guys I like a lot, and both of their playing careers I have massive respect for, both no doubt Hall of Famers in my mind, and the some of the very best ever at their specific jobs, but the lack of self-awareness on the obvious hypocrisy on some of this stuff is just unbelievable to me. Speaking of obvious hypocrisy, I said a few days ago that I don't care at all about preseason basketball when LeBron went 0 for 7. You did. What are we talking about here? Your boy went 0 for 7 in his debut preseason game, mm -hmm. but he had 23 points yesterday. Yeah, in a half. Yep. 17 I, minutes. Unfortunately for the Lakers, Russell Westbrook airballed a free okay, throw. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. You made me take this. You made me take Aaron Judge's home run record out. Yeah. Just so you could talk about LeBron. You say that the preseason doesn't matter, but I'm sure you want to talk about how I'm scoring 23 yesterday. Okay, here's why I want to talk about it. I, I, yeah, it's not because of how excellent he was, and he was very good. It's because of a few things that are way bigger than individual preseason games. One is about the future of the Lakers, and the other is about the future of the NBA. Okay, future of the Lakers. LeBron, that preseason game mattered extra to LeBron because it was in Vegas. We'll talk about that in a moment. But just be aware, trust me on that, that that was an important moment for him. So he just decided, I'm going to score 23 and 17 this guy, in a half of basketball against a Suns team that was playing its starters. Why is that relevant? It's relevant because the Lakers have operated this offseason and continue to operate as if they have to hedge their bet against the decline of LeBron, as opposed to operating under the auspices of uh, this guy was 30 points, eight rebounds, six assists last year, one of the best players in the league. Less than two years ago today, he won us a championship. I know it feels like it was forever ago. Today, I just saw the tweet. I'm going to read it to you guys. Today is the two-year anniversary of game four of the 2020 NBA Finals when LeBron had 28-12-4 to win the title. So listen, two years ago, he was good enough to be the overwhelming Finals MVP. Last year, he was 38-6, right? Those things have happened. Right. And the Lakers don't want to give themselves the best chance to win, even though he's still playing at this level because they're worried about the long-term future, and they're hedging themselves against what could happen this year. It's nonsense. So why, what's the other relevant note here? Why was this game important to LeBron? Well, after the game, he said, once again, I hope there's an NBA team here, and this is the one I want. He is, and he addressed Adam Silver directly. LeBron... Folks might say, yeah, Nick, you focus too much about LeBron, talk about LeBron too much. This is the gravitational force that he has. Last night, it became unequivocal. There is going to be NBA expansion. The NBA is going to go to Vegas, and probably the other city will be Seattle, but we'll see. And LeBron James is going to get one of those teams. Now it's going to cost, you know, they're going to it's probably going to be a 3 billion dollar expansion fee. LeBron doesn't have that, so he's going to have to get a group together. But the NBA which has not expanded since the mid 90s when they added the Raptors and the Grizzlies, Toronto and Vancouver, Vancouver then obviously moved to Memphis, is going to expand again and it's going to line up with Here's the other part of it that's relevant. The league's expansion timeline now, and folks can say that 
they they think that I'm overstating it. I'd be shocked if I'm wrong about this. The league's expansion timeline is now going to line up with LeBron James' retirement timeline. They are not going to add that team in Vegas until LeBron is eligible to buy that team in Vegas. And that can't happen until he retires. So I don't think it's going to happen in the next year or two, but it is going to happen. LeBron has made it clear that is the team that he wants. I believe that is the team he is going to get. And I believe, if I'm being honest, that is the team I might have a front office role with. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Hope you're enjoying watching live on YouTube. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NickWright50 at Factormeals.com slash NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in episode 78, What's Right with Nick Wright. We are live on YouTube. And by the way, in our next segment, we're going to answer some of your questions in the chat. So go ahead. You, you don't have to send them in the next segment. You can send them now because I think our guys are curating them as we speak. So be, go ahead and check them out now. I just tried to open this up now. I'm hearing it in my ear. Oh, my goodness. There's a problem with doing things live. Uh, so go ahead and answer the, uh, the go ahead and send your questions in the chat. Now we're going to talk Draymond Green in just a moment. But first, Demonze, what are we starting with? Uh, top two prospects in the NBA draft played in an exhibition game in Vegas this week. Yeah. They play again Thursday after we record this. Yeah. Victor, I'm just going to call him Wimby. Yeah, dropped 37 points. Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. Yep. Dropped 37 points and went 7 for 10 at the three-point line with five blocks. Yeah, he's 7'4". Yeah, he's a big dude. He's 7'4". Well, I, I think there could be some problems there, but okay. you know, I'm, I'm obviously not the expert or historian. Sure. Scoot Henderson had 28 points and nine assists. Wimby is being called the best prospect since LeBron and a lock at the number one pick. The tanking is about to be insane. Yeah. But his agent said he won't shut Vic down and won't shut Vic down this season despite having nothing to gain. Do you think this is the right call? Okay. I think it's absolutely the right call. I'll answer why in a moment. First, let's talk about these guys. Scoot would be the number one pick in 85% of drafts. Okay. And Vic had a great line saying Scoot would be the number one pick if I wasn't born. Right. Uh, and he's right about that. You're concerned about Vic's body holding. Yeah. You know who was also concerned about that? He didn't exactly say it, but who said it? LeBron. LeBron was asked about it last night because they played in Vegas. Okay. And he said, everyone's a unicorn these days. This guy's an alien. You know, the step back, his threes, that height. He's like, you just got to hope he stays healthy. Right. Of course, there's concerns for everybody to stay healthy. It's, that was, there's a deeper even, meaning to that. Yes. Guys that are over seven foot two inches have a very, very tortured history in this league of being able to stay healthy long-term. And whether it's Ralph Sampson, Yao Ming, Chris Stapps, Rick Smiths, the super tall guys, it's tough. But he is the best prospect. we've. The, to, in my opinion, 
the since LeBron, there have been three can't miss surefire prospects. Guys that their absolute floor was multi-time all-star. And I was on the like this isn't revisionist history by me. It was Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and Luca. Okay, dang. Well, who would you think? I was, was I was thinking you were gonna say Carl Anthony Towns. No, no, no. I wasn't <laughs> as the it doesn't mean I've gotten them all right, by the way, but those the it's not like I'm not saying that there now that we look back, there have been, you know, Steph was a can't miss. You know right. what I mean? There were other guys. But to me, there were three guys. Vic is the next one. Vic is a can't miss. There is the only thing that can stop him is injury. And it is, you know, you just hold, you just cross your fingers, right? Now, I know, by the way, me saying Luca there, people are like, well, Luca went third. I'm on the record from years ago saying Luca was the best prospect. He had to go number one. To me, there was no doubt about Luca. Now, on the idea that he should shut him down, his agent. I disagree with the premise. There's nothing to gain. You know what there is to gain? Getting better at basketball. He is not a finished product. You know how, you know how people get better at things? By doing it. By practicing. He needs to keep playing. And he is such a unique prospect. If he were to suffer a terrible injury, he'd still go number one. Yeah. And so if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt. His money, that number one pick money, is locked up. There's nothing that could happen short of true tragedy to prevent that. So, yeah, I agree with his agent. He should keep playing. It's very different for a top football prospect because football injuries are so much more catastrophic and so much more often than it is for a top NBA prospect. He needs to play, and the tanking is going to be nuts. You know who I hope gets him? Who? The Rockets. So the Rockets have not tried to tank the way the Thunder have. Yeah. The Rockets have an awesome history of big men. Other than the Lakers, no franchise in league history has a better history of big men because you have Elvin Hayes, Moses Malone, Ralph Sampson, Akeem Olajuwon, Yao Ming. I guess you throw Dwight Howard in there if you want, but I wouldn't. So you have big men. They also have a great international fan base because of Yao. Right. I the I really am. They're going to be terrible, but they have like a nice young core. They have their own pick. I hope they get him. The, I will be Ooh, bummed be a out. solid fit. I'll be bummed out if he goes to OKC. Also, he and Chet on the front line would be pretty hilarious be looking. Pretty scary. Um, but OKC doesn't deserve it. Okay. OKC is just a, a, a you know trying to be bad for years. They don't deserve it. Oh, you're getting the wig out. Yeah, man. I so, wanted to get the timing correctly. So what are we doing here? Looks like we're playing the old public defender yeah, game. You guys know what time it is, man. I'm glad you guys are getting to see this live. Okay, do you have a gavel? Yeah, I do. Do you, can, do you need me to hand it to you? Can you grab it? Look at this guy. Yeah, I've got it. Okay, you got it. Yep. I'm going to keep it on my lap. I'll actually put it on the computer. Okay. Uh, So it is time for public defender. Hopefully my wig's on right. So this is Our- where I defend someone that it might be indefensible. It does not mean this is my opinion. It just means just like an attorney must defend their client to the best of their ability. Okay, go ahead. First up, we've got Draymond Green. Your boy reportedly got in a fight with Jordan Poole at practice. The Warriors are apparently considering disciplinary action. Defend your client, Draymond Green. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to break the game for a moment. Okay. I will defend Draymond Green. I thought about this as we were doing the show. I screwed this up. This is my fault for our Blue Duck producers. What we should have done was had Draymond be a serious topic and public (laughs) defender. So there was more of a separation. Instead, I'm going to do them back to back. So here's my actual opinion on on the Draymond Green situation. This is not the public defender thing. Apologies for the graphic there. We'll do the public defender in a moment. My actual opinion on Draymond Green is this is ungoddamn acceptable. Yeah, and he's hitting the fam, bro. Like, come on now. Like, I und- and I alluded to it at the top of the show, and I know what's going to happen when I talk about this on TV, is Broussard's going to say it's not a big deal, and whether he recognizes it or not, 
It's all going to be because Michael Jordan did it, so it's okay. It's a, it is not. Draymond Green also is a Michael Jordan, but I mean, he's but not Michael ahead. Jordan. He also is supposed to be a master communicator. Right. New media. Uh, Hot podcast. And I'm very excited to see how this gets discussed yeah. on the transparent podcast. Right. But you shouldn't hit teammates. And it's not the NFL. It I actually think fighting teammates is different in football because there's so much natural you're getting violence riled up the already. Game right. And and you're already hitting guys as part of the game. And Draymond's gotta know better. It's not like vet fighting with vet. Like, I feel like he's supposed to be, like, coaching this guy, you know? And and on the public defender side, I'll explain why I could understand why this guy maybe got punched. Because uh, <laughs> I've talked about Jordan, too. Yeah. But you've got to be bigger and better than that. And I'm telling you, some of this comes from, it's not just Draymond's a hothead. It's that Draymond hadn't got his money yet. I mean, he's got a ton of money. But he hasn't gotten that next contract. And Poole needs a contract. Wiggins needs a contract. And Draymond needs a contract. And one of those guys is going to be left without a chair. And I bet Draymond's concerned about that. But the Warriors, they're the, I think the Cavs would have won either way. But some people argue they lost the 2016 finals because Draymond lost his temper and punched at LeBron's, uh, what do you call it, groin. Yeah. And got suspended. Everyone acknowledges the final breaking point of of the KD era was Draymond losing his mind on him on the sideline. He almost fought Steve Kerr once. And now you're the defending champs. You have all these great vibes. And whatever happened, it's significant enough that the Warriors feel they have to discipline it. Right. That they have to make this public because they're going to suspend him. You're supposed to be the smartest player in the league other than LeBron. That's your whole MO. Get it together, buddy. Okay. Now. Shoot him up a little bit. Time to defend him. Now. For my client, Draymond. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I'm going to appeal to your brain and to your heart. First, the brain. Has Draymond Green earned the benefit of the doubt? Did I say first to the heart or first to the brain? My apologies. First to the brain is what I want it to be. This is the appeal to your logic. Has Draymond Green earned the benefit of the doubt? Has Draymond Green proven over the last seven years that he has his finger on the pulse of the Golden State Warriors better than just about anyone? Has Draymond Green proven that he is, other than Steph Curry, the most indispensable member of that team for what he does on the court and off the court? So I ask you logically, would Draymond Green do anything that is not in the best interests of the Golden State Warriors? Is it not possible that Draymond Green knew if I don't punch Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson's going to. And Clay Thompson, that's not his brand. <laughs> and Clay Thompson, you know, he's on a he's on a you know a bum leg. Maybe Clay Thompson doesn't win that fight. So Draymond Green, my client, once again, you know, put on his Al Pacino mask and said, say hello to the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy to protect Steph, to protect Clay, and to set the tone for our championship defense that we are going to be about business and not about nonsense. Is that logical to you? Or do you think Draymond Green all of a sudden just doesn't care about any of those things? So that's the that's my appeal to your logic. Here's my appeal to your heart. Look inside you. Think back to watching Warriors games, particularly on the playoff run, and ask yourself this. Didn't you have a moment 
He wanted to punch Jordan Poole in the smirking damn face. Wasn't there a time when Clay Thompson was wide open for three and he drove to the basket? Or a time where he had done nothing for three straight games and then hit a half-court buzzer beater and started preening around as if he were Steph Curry that you said, you know what? I need to hit him. Someone needs to hit him. And if you've been on Twitter today and you read the fake news that what started the fight was that Jordan Poole was telling everyone when he got his new contract, he was going to build at his house a Jordan pool and call it the goat pool for a moment. Didn't you say, wait, I think that might be believable. (laughs) So to that, I say your heart says he needed to get smacked. Your head says he needed to get smacked. Our defense is not that my client did not do it. Our defense is that you would have done it as well. And my client did what needed to be done. We rest our case. Next. I'll condone violence in the court, but adjourned. All right. Before the season, you said that you wouldn't be shocked if the Colts had the best record in the NFL. Mm-hmm. For weeks, four weeks in, they've won one game. Tonight, they play Denver on the road without Jonathan Taylor. Counselor, defend your client and also yourself. The Colts. The Colts. Yeah, that's fine. So, uh... This is really a you asking me to defend the take. Yeah. So I am defending myself here. Ladies and gentlemen, the jury, I plead ignorance. Plead ignorance. I did not know Matt Ryan had become fossilized. <laughs> I should have watched more Atlanta Falcons games last year. I should have anticipated that Matt Ryan would have nine fumbles through four weeks. I should have maybe anticipated that Shaq Leonard would continue to be banged up. I should have maybe anticipated that Frank Reich, who has struggled at the beginning of seasons every year, would struggle at the beginning of the season once again. And that Jonathan Taylor, who has never missed a practice dating back to high school, given the workload the last couple of years, they maybe have leaned on him too hard. So I have no defense other than ignorance. I look back on those takes, and I'm as embarrassed by them as anyone. All right. I think I said the Colts could be 13 and four. They might end up four and 13. <laughs> uh, so. You don't want to plead insanity? Uh, maybe that would have been a better play. Uh, I'm better at defending other people than defending myself. I have no real defense. It was a bad take. I still think they have a chance to turn it around. Uh, they shouldn't be this bad. But if Matt, but the entire Colts take was predicated on this is the best quarterback Frank Reich has had. Instead, he's playing like the worst quarterback he's had, so it's a problem. Next! All right, a fan ran onto the field Monday night uh, where he was leveled by Bobby Wagner on Wednesday. The fan filed a police report for blatant assault against Wagner. Counselor, defend your client, Bobby Wagner. This is the easiest defense ever. My client is not a criminal. He is not a villain. He is a hero. And hero. He's a hero. Not only was that fan trespassing, that fan was carrying around what could have been a chemical weapon. as a smoke grenade. It was breast cancer awareness month. Okay. First of all, is it? It's October. That's not November? You're right. Okay, you're right. Your Honor, please don't interrupt. Hey, man. Whatever it is. You, you, he's running around on the field like a lunatic. That's first of all. Second of all, I don't know if he's dangerous. Third of all, I don't know if that smoke has arsenic in it. Who knows? Fourth of all, he is lucky I am the one who tackled him. Let me tell you why. I literally am a professional tackler. I am going to go into the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest tacklers ever. Not a great pass rusher, not a great pass coverage. Why am I a Hall of Famer? Purely because of my tackling. So I know exactly how to tackle to get a person on the ground without necessarily hurting them. If I don't tackle them, do you know what happens? Some out of shape, potentially overweight security guard runs 
finally gets him, lands on his back, pulls him down, might tear both of his ACLs. I got him down quickly and safely. I protected him from himself, from the security guards who, unlike me, don't satiate their appetite for tackling on a regular basis. So they might try to put a little extra mustard on it. <laughs> and I protected all of my teammates and the opposition from whatever he was thinking about doing. So I, you know what? I, I move for a summary judgment in my client's favor. Your honor. I, your honor. I don't agree. You don't agree. Yeah. What's your take? I mean, he tackled them with pads on. There's already guys chasing him. It's their actual job. You're doing your job. You're not on this job. Just let the other guys do their job. I just said job a lot of times. But yeah, yeah, it's a bad. <laughs> like, it's a terrible. No, what do you mean? What What is he tackling him for in the pads? Like, oh, you wanted him to take his pads off? No, I just wanted him to sit there on the sideline. No, he got the job done. Next. All right, the. The Nuggets mascot, Rocky, signed a record deal for $625,000. Jamal Murray defended this contract extension or contract, whatever, yeah. saying he brings a lot of energy and can make half-court shots. Counselor, defend your client, Rocky, and his obscene contract. Well, there's no defense necessary. This is America. He has a valuable skill that a lot of people can't do and is a very risky job. I honestly should what? be a mascot. I can make a freaking half-court shot. Okay, first of all, don't know if you can. Second of all, you talk, all right, I, I mean, Rocky makes him at like a 90% rate, Your Honor. Uh, he also is high-flying acrobatics. He's very popular. There are so many upper mid-level managers. You don't think the vice president of marketing for the Denver Nuggets makes a cool third of a mil, few hundred thousand. You don't think there is a, there is a team vice president in the sales department that's making half a million. Rocky's one of one. You don't think Rocky at, you know what? Let me pull something up real quick for the fans of the Denver Nuggets out there. Okay. Let me, let me go ahead and uh, your honor. Give me one moment. I need, I want to put something into evidence here, which is, let me just ask you this question. Who do you think adds more value to the Denver Nuggets for the upcoming season? My client, Rocky, the greatest mascot in all of sports, or De at $675,000, or DeAndre Jordan at $3 million. <laughs> Who do you think adds more value to the Rockets, or to the Nuggets? My client, Rocky, at less than $1 million a year, or are you familiar with Vladko Konkar, who makes $2.2 million? Let's see what Concar did next last year because I guarantee to you he didn't hit a dozen half court sh half court shots and entertain the fans at halftime regularly. Vladko Concar last year for the Denver Nuggets, he it, it, on, over the entirety of the season played 175 minutes and scored 62 points. Started one game. He gets two million. My client's not worth six million. This is obvious bias against mass. 600,000. 600,000 what I meant. Deserves 6 million. Why can't he? He's the best. Uh, you know what? Here's a, here's a good rule of thumb. No matter what your job is, doctor, lawyer, writer, pianist, poet, mascot, anything, if you are legitimately the best in the world at what you do, you make a lot of money. If anything, my client's underpaid. I rest my case. We answer your questions next. Very quick break, right back. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back, and their pros are locally based, 
off and running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey guys, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? Episode number 79. We're going to do live questions. Demonze, they're right there. You can read them off that if you'd like. You see them. It starts with a fan from Brazil, a question from Brazilian fan. We're live on YouTube. Uh, you've got the questions? Yes, You're sir. You're still wearing the wig? Yes. You want to still be wearing the wig? No. I mean, I if but you can take it off. You guys answer care. live. All right, sweet. There you go. Take it off. Sorry, we were a little flustered. We had a quick commercial break and then you throw it on the ground, actually, because people are gonna be like, what the hell is, is that a, a small dog in his pocket? Uh and what the, my wife was calling Demonze, calling me. We, yeah, it was didn't a know lot of things going on. Show, a lot going on. All right. We got a few questions to answer for you to wrap up the show. Then I have to go do the TV show. What's the first one? Nick, Brazilian fan watching from Germany here with the soccer World Cup around the corner. Who are your favorites to win it all? Love the show. Keep it up. Thanks, all right. man. My general rule of thumb is I pick Brazil every time. Okay. Uh, I understand they are the betting favorites once again this year. I am. I, I usually pick Brazil because I want to pull for Brazil because I think the way they play is so fun to watch. I like the South American style so much more than the European style. I think it's just more aesthetically pleasing. And once upon a time, I bet on Brazil to win the World Cup when it was in Brazil, and then they lost their semifinal game. I think it's 8-1. to one. Wasn't very fun. <laughs> uh, I think the smart money is probably on France, but and given the given the fact that I let me check and make sure I'm right about this, I think Brazil is still the considerable favorite here. So let me let me go ahead and and double check it. But the soccer, sorry, one second, World Cup. The you know it should be World Cup went futures. What is this? Hold on, I apologize, guys. We're doing this live. Yeah, Brazil's plus four thirty. France is plus five fifty. I think France is probably better, and you're getting better odds. So I, I'll be rooting for Brazil. I think the smart money is on France. If you were to ask me one long shot, I I don't know if Germany counts as a long shot at 10 to 1, because I think they're like the sixth favorite. Okay. Th- that would be them. And so, but now I'm just listing all the teams really. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that. It's not, but Hart's going to be with Brazil while it's going to be with France. All right, next. All right, thanks, Tiago. Uh, Kobe asks, would you rather see Mahomes win another ring or LeBron? Well, both. Both. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming Kobe's saying you have to pick. Well, okay. There's two different to questions. Me. If you were to tell me one of them is never going to win another ring, then the answer is I definitely want Mahomes to win another. Because if Mahomes doesn't win another ring, people are going to say he was a disappointment. Yeah, he wins a ring in year two and then never wins another one. People say he's a disappointment. I don't think people expect LeBron to win another one. If you were to ask me, if you were to say one of them and only one of them is going to win a ring in the next three years, then I would pick LeBron. Because I think Mahomes is going to win. Have You know, he'll have Long another term. 10 years. Right. Um, But the... Truth of the matter is, Mahomes probably going to win a ring this year, and LeBron's probably going to win his last ring in a couple years. Not with this Lakers team that won't get it together, but with whichever team he goes to when they draft Bronny. And that, but that's going to be a good team. It'll probably be the Cavs. We'll probably use third stint there. All right, next. All right, uh, Jose asks thoughts on the poker cheating scandal. All right, this I almost did a separate podcast on. It is. I'm going to give you the very, very short version of this. Because, and maybe I'll do like an Instagram live on this where we really break it down, but this is so inside where I think a lot of people don't even know what we're talking about. It is shocking to me how many people credibly believe 
that there was not cheating involved. Your gut tells you there was cheating. Logic tells you there was cheating. Um, the, the So many of the defenses to me immediately fall flat. Misread her hand. She made it pretty darn clear she knew what she had. Oh, no, you, you can't assume she would cheat this way because it would be it would be so dumb. It would be so obvious. But the defense is that she made one of the dumbest and worst calls in poker history. The smoking gun that she gave the money back. Uh, to me, it's very like Occam's razor on this is she had a buzzing device that she did not know exactly what her opponent's cards were. It was just a yes-no buzzer. Are you ahead? Yes or no. She min-raised thinking he would just call and then she could jam the river if she got the buzz again. He shoved on her, and because she, she appears to not know what she's doing from a cheating or a poker perspective, called it off because she was ahead. Now, like I said, it's far deeper than all of this, but I know a lot of people don't even know what we're talking about. But it is yeah. shocking to me how many people are like, no, I actually believe her. I think it's, it is, to me, it is a 90-10 at best against her and more like 95-5. All right, do we have one more question? Because then, because we are late. We got to wrap. No, I mean, we've got extra We've got extra ones. Let's ask, ask one more. All right, Latum, Latum says... What do the Eagles have to do to convince you that they're going further than one playoff win this season? Well, one if they're the one seed, by the way, one playoff win would get them in the conference championship game. But the Ant Philly last year made the playoffs despite not beating a single good team all year. Okay. This year they've beaten Detroit, Minnesota, who's decent, Washington, who stinks, and Jacksonville, who I think is a good team, but that game was also very odd because of the five turnovers. It's going to be hard to convince me because they have such a soft schedule the rest of the way. I I believe in them more than I did before the year, even though I did ultimately pick them to win the division. I think they're going to be the one seed. It is very, very difficult for me to see that team as, as it is right now winning a Super Bowl. And if you're asking me what are they going to have to do to convince me they can probably win it. I'll probably say all year long, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. Uh, and I like Jalen Hurts, the guy, but I still have big questions about Jalen Hurts, the top-level quarterback. I think it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to win the Super Bowl without that. Now, the Rams did it last year. Can Jalen Hurts do what Stafford did? Maybe, but I'm skeptical. All right, this is very fun. We are way late. Demonte's mom's going to be furious. She's supposed to open the store in five minutes. you got five minutes to break this all down, Demonte. Good luck with that. i got to go to work. Episode 78, What's Right? We'll see you guys tomorrow for The Gambling Show. Take care, guys.